Thanks for tuning in to another episode of A Seat at the Table. If you find yourself enjoying these stories and want to hear more, consider becoming a supporter of this podcast through my campaign on the Clink fundraising app. Available on both iOS and Android, this free app makes supporting your favorite creators easier than ever through Roundup Donations, where it takes every purchase you make and rounds it up to the nearest even dollar amount. Secure, safe, and convenient. Follow the link in the description to download it now. Hey everyone, welcome to A Seat at the Table, a podcast to gather around and share our stories, a practice that goes back thousands and thousands of years. The telling of stories is a fundamental human experience that unites people and forges deep connections in a way that transcends time and culture. The art of telling stories is something that has always been around and always will be, evolving as time moves forward. So have a seat, get cozy, and enjoy the story. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Seat at the Table. My name is Cassie Solis, and today with me, I have Kaljo Bakta, who is one of my best friends going all the way back to sixth grade. Kajal, welcome to A Seat at the Table. Hello, Cassie. It is so nice to be back with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a hot second. <laughs> it's really been. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, how are you doing? What are you up to? I am doing pretty well. I so as you know, like I'm in school right now, so I'm kind of dying with tests and midterms and I'm trying to, you know, take a good stress relief break and this is like the perfect opportunity because every time we talk, we just it we just hit it off and we get into these tangents of perfection and life and it's just great. It's a big stress relief. Oh, I'm so glad cuz it's a stress relief for me too. I literally right before this I was coding and I was like, I I just need a break. And this oh is gosh, coding is like all the minor details. Uh, yeah, I'm I can't I'm not competent enough. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, if if I can do it, you can do it. I mean, I've I've tried coding, see, and a little bit of me is just like, okay, like I got this, and then like I'll look at it, I'm like, why isn't this running? And then I realized I forgot a comma, and I'm just like, wow, like <laughs> this is this is amazing. <laughs> So far, that is 90% of coding for me. It's like, I forgot a space here, or I capitalized this when I shouldn't have. It's coding okay. To, they, need, they need to have a spell check for coding, honestly. They really do. They really, really do. This is why they have yeah. code editors. I'm learning. We're learning. It's okay. Yeah, we're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. Progress. Okay, so remind me, because I'm a horrible friend and I always forget. Um <laughs> You are so good. Uh, what is your, what are you majoring in? So I'm, I'm majoring in chemical engineering and I'm trying to minor in kinesiology and work on mm. another certificate involving like humanitarian studies. So that's what I'm, Ooh. that's like my primary goal is like trying to get those two certificates built in now. Wow. Okay. What inspired you to go <laughs> into like the humanitarian side of things? Yeah, I feel like going to a school like UT, I've learned so much about the upper class because a lot of kids in engineering there are not exposed to how people live without a surplus amount of money. And granted, there are people without a lot of money at UT, but generally a lot of the people that you meet, a lot of the people that the professors praise come from these wealthy backgrounds. Um, so like in Texas, there's like these few neighborhoods like the Woodlands and you know, Sugarland, mm. which are like, you know, they're hot shots for money. And yep. so 
they're like their parents come from engineering backgrounds and for them it's just like oh I don't see how anyone can struggle in this sort of class or don't see how anyone can struggle in this sort of environment and I've always Mm. kind of like looked into it and it's just like I never want to be that person that's so naive and so caught up within my own world because I see myself as super privileged just being able to go to college like somewhere like somewhere in America and having the opportunity to continue education and so I never want to be that person that feels like they're the best in the room or they feel like the, or not the best but feel like they're better than anyone else. I think through humanitarian work I really just want to hear other people's stories and just meet people from different backgrounds more than anything else. Yeah. That's amazing. So you talk about um, like the perspective of feeling privileged to just be able to go to school in America and have that opportunity um, versus people that don't necessarily see that as a privilege. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your background and like what gave you this perspective growing up. Yeah, so I think you probably know a little bit about my background. It's kind of unconventional. So yes. <laughs> <my> <laughs> Tell the parents, people. <laughs> yeah, the people shall know. <laughs> so my parents are of Indian origin. My dad is directly from India and then my mom, she was from England. So but she her parents are directly from India. And kind of growing up, they were like the people that essentially just bought us here. You know, they were the ones that did all the hard work to kind of, you know, make sure we're not living like make sure we have food on the table, stuff like that, some basic necessities. And so I didn't, so I know like currently I live in San Antonio, but I've always, I grew up in a super small town called Kingsland, Texas. And we were only, we were the only family of color there. So that was very interesting because I was so guarded by these conservative um, Indian views because my grandparents lived with us too. So I was so guarded by their conservative Indian views that I never got the chance to get out in the, I was only in kindergarten when I left. So it's like, it's not like you're going to let a kindergartner go out anyways. Yeah. But I never, it was like, generally the, the town was very conservative and it was, it was a nice town. There was a lot of nice people there and stuff like that. But I wish I just got to hear more of what the people there had to say. And I went to elementary school there and I felt like I was okay and I blended in there pretty well. And then flash forward to first grade, complete polar opposite. Um, I moved to like San Antonio, the south side of San Antonio, where it's like predominantly Hispanic. And so Mm -hmm. I went from, in like the most blunt way to say it, a school of just all Caucasian and white white children to a school of all Hispanic children. And like that, they were like, oh, does she need a bilingual class? Why does she have a little Texan twang to her? So it was a lot of strange things like that where I, at a young age, I was always exposed to different cultural shocks because, you know, I had my Indian background, the fairly glimpse of like my conservative background in San Antonio, which is pretty liberal and Hispanic. Um, That was kind of unique. It was kind of unique kind of balancing the three. So just kind of learning a little bit about each so I think that's kind of so that's helped me a lot and kind of opened my mind to saying like hey like this is why you can't be so judgmental or harsh on people because this is kind of seeing everyone from different backgrounds it's not exactly like the world isn't black and white it's a it's a boatload of gray (laughs) yeah no kidding yeah (laughs) yeah 
I just side note. I just listened to a song called uh, "Is It Black and White," and it that's literally oh. one of the lyrics. So I was like, "Yes, perfect, perfect." <laughs> Crazy how it lines up. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, so, tell me one of the like one of your favorite stories. Um, but like, what was one of your like daily rhythms that you probably didn't notice in the moment? But looking back, you're like, "Wow, that actually turned out to be." one of my favorite parts of growing up, you know? Yeah. I like, I have like these moments and it was every Saturday and Sunday. And so every Saturday and Sunday during the fall, it's football season. So college football is Friday. <laughs> I mean, it's college football Saturday, NFL Sunday. So how I really connected with my family more so is through football. And so mm. being of Indian background with like my aunts and my grandparents and stuff, they didn't necessarily accept me as a girl being so mm-hmm. passionate about sports and not caring. I didn't as even when I was younger, even like now I'm starting to care more about fashion and stuff like that. But when I was younger, <laughs> I just like didn't care for I didn't care if I wore a dress. I just didn't care to go shopping, didn't care to for any jewelry and stuff. If it mm-hmm. was Saturday and Sunday in the fall, I was staying home and I was watching football. I would throw a tantrum <laughs> if I had to go shopping <laughs> with my aunts and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I think that was those moments where my dad was so comfortable of having my both my both my parents, my dad and my mom were very comfortable with me having my own passion in sports and not being like the typical, not falling to the typical stereo typical Indian girl that has to care about fashion, jewelry, etc. And those are that was really my favorite moments. Like how I bonded with both my parents was through football. So even now we can tell you like, okay, um, 2005 when like the Longhorns won the national championship, we we're on the couch and we had like the mattress and like most of our memories and how we recall family <laughs> times together stem from like a football game or like, oh, okay. Remember like we remember like the, during this game, a Monday night football game against like the Buffalo Bills, the Cowboys had this like super or like the Cowboys had like a super horrible day, five interceptions. And then like all of a sudden our power goes out and we're without power for like three hours trying to watch the game on (laughs) (laughs) trying to watch the game on like a, like emergency radio. (laughs) So it's like little memories like that always stem through sports. And I think that was, that's probably my favorite childhood memories that I had growing up. Dude, that is so funny. I love that. (laughs) It's crazy. We, I mean, like my dad hasn't missed a game in like 30, 35 years now for the Cowboys. Oh my God. (laughs) It's pretty, I guess, I guess you could say football's a little bit of, it's a, it's a little bit of a big deal in this household. (laughs) That is so funny. He's like the one true fan of the Cowboys, you know? Yeah. He's just like, every time he goes to a game, he's just like, I hate these people that will just like, drink like 10 beers and just start screaming out crap he was like watch the damn game <laughs> or he's just like <laughs> he's like oh okay like what like what's the purpose of you like coming to a game and then leaving in the fourth quarter when your team's losing like no matter what if, if the team's losing by 50 points we're gonna finish this game and watch it wow that is so <laughs> funny it's actually pretty crazy because i get frustrated and sometimes i'm like i want to leave and then, like, mm-hmm. they wind up coming back, and I'm just like, oh, wow, this is, like, this is, like, the importance of patience and hope. <laughs> Who knew that you could learn a life lesson from your dad's obsession with football? 
I know. Who knew? Who knew where these uh, strange obsessions lead to life lessons? Yeah, that is so funny. So you grew up with a pretty nuanced uh, perspective on culture and life. Um, Probably like, sounds like from the get go, was there any moment like later on in life that that perspective just absolutely exploded and grew? Yeah, actually, it was like recently, like in college. So I think you knew like as we were younger and it's like when I was in sixth grade, even like throughout middle school and throughout high school, I always hated like the idea of being Indian because Mm -hmm. I didn't know any Indian kids around me. Um, The the ones that I did know were very like, they weren't like me at all. They were like a little bit, (laughs) they, they act like they were just so much better because that you know they had like the clothing they had like the they just had the status to them that like I didn't want like I don't care for like the material I don't care for and Mm. I just didn't care for any of that stuff so I never really and bonded for that so I thought every Indian American kid was like that until Mm. I got to college and I started meeting like a few people and then I realized like oh okay like this one person that I met and I don't, we're not really, I I haven't talked to him since like, since we, since like after our general chemistry class. But I remember (laughs) as we were walking out of our general chemistry class, um, we were just, it was like a 10, it was like a 10 o'clock night review or something. And he was just like, Oh, there's this like holiday going on, yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Like it's whatever. Right. And it was like, it was like some Indian holiday. He was just like, what he's like why aren't you like why don't you like to be indian i was just like it's not i was like it's not who i am but he was just like you grew up with it and then he was just like if you're gonna keep pushing away it's he's like i could tell it's always in the back of your mind it's something that's gonna bother you and Mm. i was like you know what let me actually embrace it and accept it so then as i moved away from home and got into a college where i got to explore my own ideas I thought I was like, oh, okay, this is actually pretty cool. Like I'm learning more about the culture and more about the reason why they do this, why they do that. And I thought that was very interesting because now I'm like, okay, I actually, I enjoy the food now. I enjoy like (laughs) the little holidays that my parents would like, would that I would dread like going to. Like I enjoy Mm. like the dances and stuff. Like I see the, I think I've accepted the beauty of it and don't see it as like a burden to me anymore. Like I see it as a part of who I am now. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a it was a 360 flip. <laughs> no kidding. I love that. Yeah. Do you think that that realization um continues to like shape the way that you see yourself or like affected other areas of your life maybe? Yeah, I think it has because I've started embracing a lot more of who I am. So, you know, like I'm like 5'10", 5'9", which is like really tall. And like there's a lot of things that I don't like. I didn't for the longest time. I didn't like my height. I didn't like a like there's just so like I've had like this like list and list of things where I'm just like, I don't like this. I don't like this about myself. And then I'm just like, well, I don't have the power to change my height. I don't have the power to do this to change that. What I do have the power of is to change my attitude and my perspective as to what I am. And the sooner I can accept that, the happier and happier I'll be. So I've started like embracing a lot of these ideas that I once like thought of as flaws on me and embracing them as sort of like beauty and like 
just like a nice just treating myself nicer for and kind of complimenting myself be like oh wow like i'm five nine like this is pretty cool like who would have thought from like a grandma's of like under five foot and then my mom is like five two and my dad's like five eight that i'd come out this tall like i'm now i'm starting to think like oh, okay this stuff is pretty cool and just kind of yeah like overall accepting who i am more getting more comfortable in my own skin and body wow I love that. I love it because I've gotten to see you transform from sixth grade to like kind of where you are now, or like a year before where you are now, but I'm assuming somewhere along the lines. Um, And it's just been really fun to see you like absolutely blossom into like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Who you are now. And you are so confident and so like radiant because of it. I feel like a lot of that also stems from like how you always used to there is I remember like in sixth grade you probably don't remember this moment but there was a moment in student council where someone you had a chocolate bar I don't even think you remember this you I really don't no you had this is this is my first memory of you you had a chocolate (gasps) bar um you split it in half you're gonna get you gave half to Danny and then you looked at me and then you split yours in half again you're like do you want some and I was like oh my god like this is so nice you don't even know me and you're giving me half your chocolate bar and then like we started talking a little bit ever like just a little bit more a little bit more in those student council meetings and then somehow like progressively we just kept talking more and more and more and I always liked the way that you put into perspective a lot of things like from a young age you like you like I know this sounds like probably a little, I don't know, but I'm just going to say you like inspired <laughs> me. You inspired me a lot to be the person I am because you just had like this thing about you. Like you're a go-getter. If there's something you want to do, you go get it. If there's something you don't like, you speak up on it. And even as a sixth grader, like in student council meetings, you sometimes would speak up about like, I don't like this. And there was high schoolers in there and I would just be like, hush, hush. And you would just be like, this is wrong. And so <laughs> like, I liked your idea. I just that's why I get a lot I get super inspired by you and Danny because both of y'all are like that you not never afraid to speak up and that's a a lot of like what a lot of my personal growth comes from you two oh my gosh Kajal (laughs) what the heck I first of all I don't even remember like I know I was on student council I don't remember any of it so that's like crazy to me second of all what the heck Dude, I have like, I, when I'm, so I like got into journaling a lot, right? So like, I like write down a lot of moments and like, I think like, sometimes I think my memory's horrible. Like I don't remember what I ate like two seconds ago, but I have these like memories that just pop. I'm like, oh, now I got to write about this. And so then like a lot of like my journals are like personal stories and how like you can build a, like a personal story I learned from you, a personal story I learned from someone else and like how that inspires me. So it seems like so strange to like journal like that type of format, but it's just like me trying to look like as, as optimistically as possible. But yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. <It's> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. You learn something new every day. Wow. Yeah. I feel like you're learning more about me now, me and my little <laughs> awkwardness. <laughs> I love it. No, you you always say you're so awkward you're really not you're so outgoing I love it Uh, I'm getting I'm getting there (laughs) (laughs) oh also for context um for the audience uh Danny is 
kind of like the third, the third, what is it? Triple? Triple. I guess, yeah, the, the third musketeer to our little trio from yeah. middle school. So it started yeah. off as a started off as like a whole group of people, and then somehow like a few trickled in, a few trickled out. But like you always had like us three there somehow. Yeah, we were the core. <laughs> we were the core. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so cool! And now we're all off doing our own thing, which is like really weird to think about. It's so crazy to think that less than or probably like was it like 10 not 10 when were we were in sixth grade how old are we <laughs> I think that was almost like, 10 years ago it was like oh what, nine years ago <gasps> it was like nine years ago oh Jeez. my gosh <laughs> that is crazy to think nine years ago like we were talking about things that were like actually pretty crazy to talk about as sixth graders you know what i mean like and we were talking about like, oh, like we want to go to Rio. We want to go to oh my to gosh, travel the world. We want to explore. Like the thing, like the conversations we had were so crazy for sixth graders. They really were, but hey, like speak life, you know, because we talked about yeah. traveling and all this stuff. And you, I know you've traveled to several countries. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think yeah. So. I think one of the best things I did was um, I did like a May semester, which is like a study abroad for like the month of May and like some of June. And mm -hmm. so I thought that was unique because, again, I w it wasn't a typical engineering class. What it was, it was um, an urban studies course. So mm -hmm. basically, uh, when we got to Cape Town, um, it was... It was like they didn't shelter us from anything, which is something I really appreciated. Um, we stayed in like a hostel in the city center, um, which is like predominantly where the upper class lives. And mm -hmm. so as you go further into the city, like away from the beaches and stuff like that, you start reaching is what like is called the Cape Flats. And the Cape Flats are, it's kind of like, I wouldn't compare it as severe to the slums of India, but it's still pretty rough areas where you have a lot of poverty and just a lot of people that don't have education, a lot of violence and stuff like that. So hmm. we went to classes at the University of Cape Town. And then after we'd go to do like our internship. And so um, my internship was at a local YMCA there where I got to meet some of the children there. And they were just like, this is what happens to us on a daily basis. This is how we grow up. And you just kind of hear their stories and hear like, oh, like, you know, just hear some of the things that they go through at such a young age and hear how mature they are. And you're just like, oh, why, why do I, ha why am I complaining about my struggles? You know, it really like helps put into perspective how, like, how much sometimes we get overwhelmed by mm. the world we live in, and especially like with social media and stuff like that you only see like the highlights of people's lives. So you never see the the struggles that they're going through. And then for you to constantly be, or this was, this was me personally, that I was constantly scrolling on social media, seeing like, oh, this person's going to this place for vacation. Oh, this person has a 4.0 GPA, stuff like that, you know, like silly mm -hmm. stuff. And I was, I was like, oh, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? And, to, and then it, re it just really helps you to see like, you don't, you don't get satisfaction in life from comparing yourself to people. You get satisfaction in life from living your experiences 
And so now I'm thinking like, okay, so what if I didn't, so what if I don't go to these places? So what if I don't go on these like grand vacations? Do I want that? Honestly, no. What I want is just genuinely be happy with the situation that I'm in and be happy from day to day, not have these like three days of happiness I post on social media and the rest of the time I'm just like dreading whatever I'm doing. Like what if, I think that whatever I do now is just like, you kind of have to be happy with each step, each situation or each conflict or no matter how you approach a situation at the end of the day, you just want it to be happy. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I, so yeah. there's a Bible verse. Um, uh-huh. And it's in Philippians chapter four. Uh, uh-huh. I'm trying to read it. I'm looking it up on my phone. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. okay. No. So it's, it's Paul writing this, right? And he says, um, yeah. for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstance is. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And he goes on to say, like, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And he's talking about God. Yeah. But I just think that it's really cool that like, you yeah, literally beautiful. just said that, you know, like that's such yeah. an applicable, ver- like. That's um, a perfect verse. That verse is beautiful, actually. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's what perspective yeah. can do, you know, like it can. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love it. I, I think what you said was, yeah, just a beautiful way of <laughs> um, echoing that verse, like to be content in any and every circumstance. It really is, you know, because I feel like the, you know, like we, there's a certain point where you can't, where you can't be content. You're like, oh, okay, like I have to push myself to do a little bit more, like, like pushing, like both of us pushing ourselves to go to school or just like kind of staying at home. Like that's a little Mm -hmm. bit of pushing ourselves. But then like content is not about like, it's, it's, it's not like once you know that you have like enough you kind of have to say you have to kind of pull the gears back a little and saying okay I'm content now and this is where I want to be this is kind of like yeah like what the verse is saying like I don't need anymore you know what I mean like I'm yeah situation I'm in and I think you kind of keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you reach a like a state of genuine happiness and then you kind of get content and that's without greed without you know, as soon as you start seeing greed in your life, as soon as that is when life starts to deteriorate. And I mm-hmm. believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> as soon yeah. as people get that quality in life, they start to they start to do manipulative things. They lose so mm-hmm. many relationships they build with around them. They get into these like pity parties about themselves. And yeah, this they throw away the happiness in life. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important that like if you're living out of this place of having enough and then if you're living Mm -hmm. out of this place of having an abundance, like more than you need, like that's when you really need to press into like generosity and sharing what you have. Like you need to do that before then, but especially when you live in abundance, like share that with others, you know, and it doesn't have to be money either. Like if you have an abundance of, of knowledge and wisdom, share that with people, you know? yeah exactly that's like if you like what you said it perfectly it doesn't have to be money it doesn't have to be anything just share your experiences share your knowledge share your smile with people 
And, you know, just you smiling at someone can help improve someone's days. I feel like now, like, I don't meet a lot of people that will just, like, go up to you and smile because people think it's creepy. People think it's weird. But it's Mm -hmm. just like, no, like, I think a smile goes a long way now. Yeah, I agree. Well, while you have this platform, I want to open up the floor to you. Um, Is there anything, like any message that you have that, like, if you had to choose one thing for the people to hear, what would you say to them? Um, I think it would really just go along, along the lines of push yourself towards some sort of state of happiness i know i keep reiterating this and reiterating this but (laughs) especially now during covid hearing so many situations where people are going through so much depression with covid and it's such a tough situation you Mm -hmm. kind of have to keep thinking that the glass is half full rather than half empty keep seeing keep anticipating light at the end of the tunnel don't give up and don't stop don't let your mind go don't let your mind dip into those hard times in life because everyone goes through them and you don't see everyone struggle and not everyone sees your struggle so you just have to keep pushing through pushing through pushing through and then at the end at the end of the day god will never leave you hanging god will genuinely put you in a better place where you deserve to be i wholeheartedly believe that mm. That's so good. Wow. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Kajal, for of coming course. to a I'm seat at so, the table. I'm so honored to have you, like, even have me on this at the seat at the table. It's so freaking awesome. Oh, my gosh. I had been thinking about it for, like, several days. And then I was like, she's probably so busy. But then you responded to the text message. And I was like, yes. <laughs> honestly like what I'm telling you school and all that stuff it's like it's almost like secondary at this point like right now you just try to like it's just nice to have like reconnecting with you reconnecting with Danny you know like it's so nice to just keep talking to you guys because I get refreshed because I can't keep doing school 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 you know it's frustrating Mm. and reconnecting with y'all is like a big reset button and like so much like I don't think if you had a camera on me during this entire podcast like my face hurts right now because like I've genuinely like, like my smile like it like my smile I, I don't think I've smiled for more than 30 minutes like for a long time and like talking mm. to you I was like oh my gosh like this is amazing wow I love that because I've been smiling this whole time too <laughs> I know I'm like awkwardly like looking I'm like trying not to look at my camera because like I even though we're not recording like I still I'm, like like uh visually recording I'm just like okay like let me not look at it and like smile so awkwardly into the camera (laughs) yo it's okay because anybody that like hears your voice or hears you talk they can't help but smile either it's infectious so it's all good it's true I'm not just saying that like I you're just one of those people like anytime I need to smile I'm like I need to go talk to Kajal because she'll she's just a load of joy I'm gonna go ahead and sign off um kajal again thank you so much this has been the best time everybody listening thank you so much for coming to episode three of a seat at the table and i will see you next time